In this episode, we'll look at the history of bottled water sales in America. And when we're done, you might be scratching your head asking yourself, how the heck did this nonsense ever take hold? Water, water everywhere in plastic bottles in the sea. Starts now. This is Cornucopia. When Apollo 11 landed on the moon in 1969, the few Americans that drank bottled water did so from a water cooler at the office or workplace. You know those big five-gallon jugs you have to wrestle upside down, hoping not to spill half of it on the floor while pouring it into the cooler. Originally glass, these jugs, both then and today, required a significant deposit and were refilled time after time. Back in the 19th century, there were lots of bottled water companies but the development of public water systems in the early 20th century providing clean and safe drinking water meant nearly all of these water companies disappeared. A few of these did survive, most notably the 150-year-old Mountain Valley spring water. But excluding these and office water cooler jugs, bottled water sold these days is a very new phenomenon not much older than quarterback Tom Brady, and the result of events that happened around the time Captain and Tennille were on top of the pop charts. By the way, the United Nations estimates 2.2 billion people don't have access to clean drinking water. Additionally, Diseases related to dirty drinking water kill an estimated 3.6 million people every year. Now, as noted in episode 23, Poor Jack Dorsey and the Search for Meaning Through Food, back in 1978, Evian came to America. Drinking Evian natural spring water from the French Alps. Like a new morning. It's always there for you to do something healthy. Retail analysts wondered if it would sell, if people would pay for bottled water in a country where clean drinking water was standard. Flint, Michigan, and more current problems with some municipal water systems notwithstanding, many know the joke. Evian is naive spelled backwards. And after listening to this short episode, it'll be hard not to conclude that our naivete has gotten worse every year since. And while problems with America's municipal water systems have been growing for years, the vast majority of water purchases have very little to do with the quality of our drinking water. By the way, the Biden infrastructure plan includes $111 billion for water systems. Now, when we refer to bottled water, we mean still water, without any carbonation. Perrier 
the French sparkling water brand, was introduced to America in 1976 and also a huge success. But sparkling water is its own product category with a very different set of market drivers. A few years before the French water invasion in 1973, a DuPont scientist revolutionized the beverage business with the invention of a PET bottle. Unlike earlier plastic bottles, which leached chemicals and were unsuitable for soda, either exploding or leaving carbonated drinks flat, the PET bottle was perfect. Lightweight, safe, cheap, and at least in theory, recyclable too. PET is an abbreviation for polyethylene terp phthalate. DuPont first created PET plastic back in 1941 for use in textiles. It's also known as polyester. Yes, polyester, the synthetic fabric once touted as a miracle, is made from the same plastic material as a bottle of Diet Coke. In addition to beverages, PET plastic is used for condiments, personal care items such as shampoo, cosmetics, as well as many takeout containers. All PET plastic containers or beverage bottles have the number one on the bottom. This allows for the proper sorting of various types of plastic. But 88% never get recycled. But getting back to the topic at hand, Evian's success spurred more and more bottled water brands. Most, despite promises of good health and clean water goodness, were nothing more than tap water to go. The two beverage giants entered the water business in the 90s. PepsiCo launching Aquafina in 94 and Coke's Dasani in 1999. Both brands, by the way, are nothing more than filtered tap water. But in the 90s, there was another type of water hitting store shelves, one that would revolutionize the beverage business. These are so-called enhanced or functional waters. And like Evian, produced a wide degree of skepticism among retail analysts over whether it would ever sell, especially given the fact that to many of us, it seemed like snake oil of the 19th century. Something that made so little sense, it was hard to believe that people would pay a premium price for a water that was promising functional benefits beyond good old hydration. First, there was Pentawater. But it wasn't until a few years later, in 1996, when Darius Bickoff, an enterprising guy who some might call a huckster, turned the water business upside down. First, he launched glass soap, bottled in an eye-catching, thick plastic bottle designed by the famous French designer Philippe Stark with a really high price point to match. First ever, I believe, with a pull-top cap. It also tasted horrible, horrible, like the thick, pretty blue plastic it was packaged in. Glasso soon disappeared while smart water, packaged in a sleek, tall bottle, took its place and is still a powerhouse brand today. Of course, there's nothing smart about it, except for its marketing. Smart water claims, quote, 
Vapor distillation is the first step in creating purified water the way nature intended. It replicates the hydrologic cycle to create water that's as pure as the first drop of rain. Whoever wrote that copy gets my vote for top dog in the making bullshit sound compelling Hall of Fame. But the real blockbuster came next. Vitamin water. We all remember the old game. Vitamins, water, repeat. No thanks. Then we gave you vitamin water and changed the game. In reality, it was loaded with sugar and had no real vitamin nutrition. Because if it did have any significant amount of vitamins, it would have tasted horrible. But sales were phenomenal. And it did change the game. Not in actually providing nutrition. Not in meaning you didn't need to take your vitamins. But that it unleashed a huge array of nonsensical functional waters that continue to grow to this day. And in 2007, Coca-Cola bought the company for $4.1 billion. And since then, an ever-expanding range of brazenly ridiculous functional water brands have come to market and much to many people's surprise have succeeded. Ionized water, alkaline water, skinny water, kosher water, water with caffeine, antioxidants, water with more hydration, oxygen, and even bacon water. Okay, <laughs> bacon water, we made that up. But the whole functional water business knows no bounds of ridiculousness. Now, some might think enhanced or functional waters are a legitimate product innovation. But the only innovation is in the marketing, not in the water. In an increasingly competitive bottled water market, if you could make people think the water you're selling is special, different from all those other inferior water brands, you could create brand differentiation and, more importantly, charge a lot more for it, too. Now, in addition to the hocus-pocus, step-right-up functional water game, more and more and more folks are purchasing remarkably inexpensive 48-count cases of no-frills bottled water, even in places like San Francisco, where we have great municipal water. As Peter Glick, author of Bottled and Sold, the story behind the obsession with bottled water, told the National Geographic back in 2019, quote, We become a society that seems to think if we don't have water at hand, terrible things will happen. It's kind of silly. It's not as though anybody died from thirst in the old days, he says. Of course, he's not talking about somebody stranded in the desert or Matt Damon lost in space. Just everyday living here in the USA. You're listening to Cornucopia, the cult, culture, and business of food. Follow us wherever you listen. Our website is cornucopiashow.com. Our Twitter is at corn you cop i a show and our mood is cranky of course more bottled water 
meant and continues to mean more and more plastic bottles too. In the U.S., it's estimated 60 million water bottles head to the landfill and incinerator every day. Just 12% are ever recycled. Add in sodas, sport drinks, teas, juices, and everything else. And you've got 60 billion plastic bottles a year in the U.S. alone. 60 billion, 88% of which never get recycled. Next to cigarette butts, plastic bottles are the most common items found in the oceans. We'll dive into this big trash pile later this summer with a great episode led by our new intern, Owen Lewis. Spoiler alert, if you think recycling is a failure, you're missing the bigger picture. Because thanks to the massive influence of the beverage and container industries, Dating back to the 1950s, the whole system has been designed to produce as much waste as possible. Yes, that's right. Produce as much waste as possible. Single-use disposable bottles increase sales and profits for the container industry and also minimize costs for beverage manufacturers and supermarkets selling these products. Furthermore, the cost of getting rid of these single-use bottles and other waste has always been borne by the public. Should companies making these items actually have to bear the cost of disposing of them, you can be certain sustainable packaging would be developed very quickly, and demand for recycled material would also increase as well. And in case you ever read anything, about Coke or Pepsi's commitment to recycle, it's nonsense. Consider it as legitimate as someone trying to sell you the Golden Gate Bridge. Same thing for Nespresso's commitment to recycling coffee pods. It's what's called greenwashing. PR efforts that put a good green halo on company activities that have no significant impact. Now, there is one glimmer of hope. As noted by the market research firm Mintel in their U.S. Beverage Packaging Trends Report, nearly half of Gen Z and Millennials use refillable water bottles. But despite this, sales of bottled water continue to grow. Of course, there's no simple answer, especially absent government policy. But there are a few things you can do. When possible, avoid buying water or other beverages packaged in plastic bottles. Look for glass or aluminum instead. Aluminum, by the way, is the most commonly recycled. Consider a home water filtration system if you can. And in case anyone's drinking from a plastic water bottle while listening to this, take a moment to consider buying a refillable one instead. And while problems with America's municipal water systems have been growing for years, the vast majority of water purchases have very little to do with the quality of our drinking water. Instead, it's about two things we talk about here all the time. The allure of convenience,
and the even more insidious forces of marketing, advertising, and public relations, peddling illusions and lies, hurling their weapons of mass consumption, all in the service of never-ending growth and profits, regardless of the impact, regardless of the cost. The show was written and produced by me, Matt Levine. Thanks for listening. And now, a little something before we go. I'll just leave the uh, water bottle here. I, I, I only say that because um, I read that for every glass of alcohol that you drink, you need an extra glass of water Ma. to... Ma. Can you not see that I don't want to talk right now? Are you are you blind? Are you are, how idiotic can you be? Can you not tell that I don't want any water? Enough with the nagging and the water. Just shut up. Just shut up. Special thanks to Alexander Van. We really appreciate his guidance and coaching and quirky jibber jabber. Check out his website, generalsubject.org, where you can discover his poetry and art. And this uh, is really, really cool. Rhizograph printing, because he does that too. It might be perfect for your next product or project or wedding invitation or cards. Generalsubject.org. We want to thank the following. Judith Bigham and Diego Goucher. Scott Berkeley for Legal Counsel. Thanks to Nancy Levine, Nicole Whedon, Matt Zucker, Claudia Marshall, Will Puckett for Tech Support, Dirk Schluter and Ken Perez, Sam Valley, Cherry Pasamba, David Adams, Dennis and Alper Kearney. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt Levine. We'll see you in the grocery aisle.